Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. The Word calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. When, when the Word shows that name for him, gives that name, and calls out him linked with that name, the Word is revealing something to us. It's revealing one of the enemy's main strategies against us is accusations as the accuser of the brethren. And it's important that we recognize the accuser at work. So one of the greatest hindrances to our prayer life is this thing of condemnation. It comes, it condemnation comes from the accuser of the brethren that he takes you and accuses you with you. Holding before you all your weaknesses, reminding you, and he will bombard the mind, reminding you of all of your faults, failures, weaknesses. When he does that, we have to become skillful at flipping that mirror. We have a different mirror we look in, but we flip it on him and say, no one has failed God like you have failed God. No one has been in the presence of God as you were and did not value it. We have to see him as the word shows him instead of as we feel him. And one of the things that hinders faith One of the things that hinders the prayer life is condemnation. Because when people are under a sense of condemnation, a sense of sin consciousness, they will not be bold before God. Now, the word condemned means this, to be pronounced to be wrong, pronounced guilty, pronounced worthless, sentenced to punishment or destruction. None of that describes anyone in Christ. None of it. You are not in line for destruction. You are not worthless. You are not called wrong in front of the throne. Why? Because the blood is greater than the accusations of the enemy. For us to fall under condemnation and live under a cloud of that, we have to forget the blood. We have to devalue the power of the blood to live under a sense of condemnation. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I'll just read it to you for time's sake. And listen, if people don't deal with that self turning on self, turning on self, because that's what condemnation is, is its strategy is to get you to turn in on yourself. You'll end up depressed. Much of depression is because of this. The devil has taken thoughts about people and just held it on their head. They took it and he just held it there and they just took it and ran it around. I'm not this. Oh, if anybody's going to break something, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to fall, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to trip, it's going to be me. You know, I'm just not there. I'm just, you better stop. It, it's sabotaging your faith. And it will sabotage where God can take you. Using yourself as a, 
how to say it, using yourself, making light of yourself. Don't do it. It does, it sabotages your faith. I'll, I'll, I'll read this to you. First John chapter three, verses 21 and 22. It says, beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And listen to the, and whatsoever we ask, now he's talking about prayer. He immediately goes in to talking about prayer. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now there is a difference. He's talking about condemnation if our hearts condemn us not. That's when we know we're, we're not doing something right. You know it. When, you're, when God's dealing with you about something, because he's de always dealing with all of us about something because none of us are all that. None of us have arrived. So he's always dealing with us about something because he's working to bring us into the fullness of the stature of Christ. So when we act like he's not dealing with us, we disregard it or we just disobey what he's doing. There is going to be a, a standing back in his presence. We will not be as bold because we know, we know, we know, we know. Even if we've never told anybody, we know if we're, if our heart is not, mm. one of the things that Paul said, he says, I have kept a good conscience. Yes. Yes. Meaning this, I don't knowingly do wrong and stay wrong. I get it. I get it made right. Notice it affects your prayer life. This is what John said. Amen. Um, <clears throat> Our identity is shrouded with in Christ. We need to shroud the mind within Christ's thoughts. Seeing ourselves. This needs to become part of our regular diet spiritually. Amen. Amen. Um, reminding ourselves of who we are keeps the door closed to condemnation. Yes. Cause I guarantee you condemnation's coming. Yeah. Right. It's coming. Why? The accuser of the brethren is not going to leave you alone. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise now go with me to Mark chapter 11. I made this statement when people do not see themselves and settle down on who they are in Christ. Rest back on that. Quit striving to make it. You've made it. <laughs> You're in him. Now let his success become the flow of your life and do it from a place of rest and enjoyment, not inactivity. But you're resting and reclining on who you are in him. Amen. And the more you lean on him, uh, the, fur the, the further you get away from failing. Um, as I said, when people do not, when they 
opened the door to condemnation, they had to forget the blood. They had to. Um, my husband was talking about on one occasion that he was holding a meeting and there were many, many healings and miracles in that service. He went back to the hotel room. I wasn't with him on the road at this, at this meeting. And uh, he, told, he told us later, he says, I went back to the room and he says, I tell you what, I was just bombarded on my mind. You shouldn't have said this. You, sh you shouldn't have said it that way. You said this wrong. You shouldn't have ministered that way. You shouldn't have done this. Because see, when demons show up, you better know the answer. Because these things are demons. And they come especially at strategic times. They don't just randomly. But at strategic times. When advancement. When, when, when victories are won. When the anointing gets its way. He's trying to back you off that anointing. You think about it. Jesus in his hometown of Nazareth. He stood up and preached Luke chapter 4. Uh, and he, he stood up in verse 18. says, the spirit of the Lord's upon me. Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then he goes on and lists the job description of that anointing on him. <laughs> and they try to push him right. off a cliff. It's called the accuser of the brethren. People cooperating with demons. Trying to push him off the cliff. Why? Don't preach that again. He preached that one sermon. And the whole city came after him to Throw him yeah. off a cliff. Yeah. Think of it. Jesus told Brother Hagen that was the first sermon I preached in every city I went. Why? Because he said I had to tell them what I was anointed with so they would have faith to receive of that anointing. Who would preach that one time? Get end up at the cliff, say, I'm going to preach that the next city I go to. Because you know, yes. that's what's going to happen with all the religious demons who hate that's that right. anointing. That's, right. that's, right. that's what's coming. Oh, yeah. And he kept doing it. Yeah. When accusation and condemnation comes, something is on the right path. Yeah. Either you've just done something right or you're coming into more of what's right. Because condemnation works to try to back you down in your advancement. So Ed in that hotel room had that anointing destroying yokes. Demons don't like anointings that destroy yokes. Why? Because they work a person's whole life to get them yoked up. They'll work in the grandparents, the parents, and pass it on down to you. They'll work for generations to get people in a certain uh, Yes. bondage yes. and it's not a generational curse it's a demon he just repeats strategies at work yes. don't think you're under curse if you're born again you're not under curse don't 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 even go there don't even go there but the devil will work in families to fortify why? Because he knows if he can get the parent thinking wrong, the parent can train the child the wrong way. And then the child passes it on to the grandchildren and they just keep going. And then they come into contact with the anointing for a moment. 
and it destroys generations and decades of the devil's laboring and working. No wonder he hates the anointing. So when my husband is out there flowing under that anointing, he's got to get him back down, get you back in a corner. And he tries to do it through condemnation. Of you shouldn't have said this. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have said, there's so much the devil shouldn't have said. He should not have said, I will exalt my throne. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. You, you shouldn't. You should, oh, yeah, you should not have said that. And as long as we're on this earth, the strategy is going to try to be used. But the more you renew your mind, the quicker you recognize it, and the tighter you keep the door closed to that. Recognize it. Recognize it. Do not become a double agent and start working for him against your own life. And so Ed was, you know, it's, it becomes tangible because like I said, when, he, when the enemy suggests something, you can feel the influence. There's an influence with that to try to get you to believe it. You can feel those accusations. And so Ed said he got up the next morning and it was still just bothering him. And he says, I was, I was just looking in the mirror, getting ready. And he says, I was shaving. He said, I'm just crying. He said, tears are running down my face and I'm just shaving. Tears just run down my face. And he said, that's right. I'm just, I shouldn't have said this. And I shouldn't have said that. And I should have done that. And I shouldn't have done this. And he said, God, I, I shouldn't even be in the ministry. You know, I, I just shouldn't. I, I just, I'm, see, and you say, ah, oh, that's so stupid. Tell you what, you, you, you don't play with demons. Because when demons get on somebody, they don't think right. Because you could say, how could that man ever think himself of that way? See, that's what I'm talking about. Demons are warring against the plan of God for your life. And you can't tell people, just snap out, just snap out of it. Come on, snap out of it. You better renew your mind out of it. Renew your mind out of it. And so, um, so all of a sudden Ed is standing there and uh, looking in the mirror and saying, I, I, yeah, I've just made, I, I just shouldn't, I just made a mess of last night. And he said, all of a sudden he had a vision and he saw a bust of himself, like a marble bust that you might see in a museum or something. And he said, he said, uh, all of a sudden I saw a hammer come and hit that on the top. And he said, cracks just went all throughout that. And he said, I know that's me. <laughs> God said to him, that's you and all your flaws, all your faults, all your failures. And he said, I know I tell you, I just, you know, I just shouldn't be in the ministry. And he said, all of a sudden he looked again and there was blood oozing out. And he said, my blood covers it all. And the blood oozed out and filled in every single crack, every single flaw of that. We have the blood. The devil's got a decline to the end. Mark 11, are you there with me? Verse 23, we know this passage. Verse 23, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about your faith. Yes. Shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have 
whatsoever he saith. Verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things ever you desire when you what? Pray. When you pray. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Verse 25. And when you stand praying, what? Forgive. Forgive. If you have aught against any. Sometimes the ought you have is not against there, but here, against yourself. That's what condemnation and sin consciousness does, is you turn it on yourself. And the reason it is able to trouble you is because you haven't forgiven yourself for what you already repented of. That is so good. Because the devil is going to take something pertinent to you that you did and accuse you with it. But once you have repented, once you have repented, well, go with me over to first John one nine. First John one nine. It is for the believer. First John one nine. If we confess our sins, listen, it's conditional on us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to what? To push you down, to teach you a lesson, hold you over the fire a little bit, just so you sweat. No, no. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to what? Forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you miss it, practice stopping right there and repenting. Do not make, don't wait till, if I could say this, you feel strong-armed to repent. That somebody, a situation, well, okay, I'll call myself wrong. (laughs) A weak man will not repent. A strong man will. And people think that because if I show myself, if I repent, I'm showing myself weak. No, you're showing yourself strong because a weak man won't take responsibility. When, when you've gone through a marriage for years and you've never repented, get some strength in you. Because if you will repent, he, he is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse. Why not get cleansed? Instead of holding your ground of your side and wrecking your home and wrecking your marriage because you're because of weakness that won't repent. Amen. So when we miss it, really quick repent. Really quick. Because then you've not left the door open to the enemy. Amen. Because when we sin, we lose our sense of righteousness. We lose that. But he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Now we're righteous again. Amen. But Pastor Nancy, it's been yours. So what? So what? What you going to do? Dismiss yourself from being cleansed because it's been yours? Well, Pastor Nancy, I've just done it wrong for so many years. Quit, quit, quit doing that. Quit talking about that. Repent and go on. 
because now you're wasting more time talking about how many years you've wasted. Stop. That doesn't sound very nice, does it? <laughs> Not very ladylike, but anyway. Come on, it's good. To fail to forgive yourself is to doubt that God forgave you. Yes, amen. You have to. Did God forgive you or not? You mean that he can forgive you, but you can't forgive you. Listen, if he, he knows you better than you. And if he can still forgive us. Amen. Condemnation feeds on people who do not forgive themselves. It thrives on that. No, I forgive myself. Why? By faith. By faith. God cleansed me by the blood of Jesus. My father forgave me. I'm cleansed of that. And I refuse to lay in bed and let that past recall, drag that stuff back up because it's going to make you ineffective to help anybody else because you're so absorbed with you. Self-condemnation makes you so self-centered. It does because it just holds you and your faults in front of you. Praise the Lord. So since we're forgiven, how long should we feel bad? How long? How long should we feel bad? Now, see, I'm not talking about the wrong attitude that is flippant towards sin. And well, you got to forgive me. You know, people will do say, well, you know what? You got to forgive me. That flippant attitude is not even repentant because repentant means change. I change. I change. I quit doing what I was doing. And you're not flippant about the price it cost Jesus for you to be clean. You're not flippant about that. But once you genuinely repent from your heart, you repent. It doesn't matter what you feel from then on out. You are to stand up and say, I forget it. We have to practice that. You have to practice that. Paul said, Listen, if there was anyone who could have been troubled and held back by his past, it would have been Paul. He was helping persecute and murder Christians. If there was anybody who could relive seeing the face of Stephen as he died. If there's anybody who could have relived standing as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an accuser of other Christians and see their torments and see what they were going through. All this could have been relived. All of it could have been replayed like on a video for him. But he said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. You don't forget it till you're forgiven. Some people forget it and they haven't, they haven't repented. Repent, then forget it. Amen. And he says, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. And what? Reaching to what's ahead. Condemnation cripples hands of faith. It keeps them in the past. If you will quit talking about the past of what somebody did or didn't do, how it was hard, and I'm not making light of it, but if you will quit talking about it, you quit bringing it to the present. You'll leave it under the blood where it belongs, forgiven and forgotten. Your past is worthy of one thing, forgetting. Amen. 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 
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And all of this is a choice that you make. I forgive myself. I forgive myself. Paul, in forgiving himself, he did not dismiss himself from what he had done in the sense of he would tell, I used to be a a persecutor of the church. He wasn't flippant about that. And he didn't say that in a way of condemnation. He was showing this is what God can do for someone who had missed it as far as I have missed it. And God uses me. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Then we'll close with this. Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. Isaiah 43, verse 25. God is speaking and he says, I Even I am he that blots out thy transgression for mine own sake. Now you understand this is old covenant. He doesn't just blot it out. It is annihilated. It's as though it were never there. Do you know what the blood does for you? It puts you as though you never missed it. It puts you back in the place as though you never missed it. How bold would you be to move forward with God if you had never missed it? Well, that's what the blood does for us. It makes it as though we never missed it. And so Isaiah 43, verse 25, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgression. Look at this. He doesn't even say he's doing it for your sake. He says, for mine own sake. Why does he say he does this for his own sake? Number one, he wants to bless you. And if he remembers it, it's going to hinder the blessings flowing. Amen. Number two, he wants to use you. He wants to use you. I said he wants to use you. And so he totally dismisses you, cleanses you from the misses so that he can keep blessing you and so he can keep using you. Amen. You're not dismissed from being used when, when, you're, when you're right toward him. When you repent, I mean, you're clean. He wants to use you. I even I am he that blotteth out thy transgression for mine own sake. Look at this. And will not remember thy sins. Will not. It's a choice of his will. It's a choice of his will. I have chosen in my will is set. I will not remember. Now, look at this, let us plead together. Well, now he's talking about prayer. Now he's talking about prayer. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. So if he won't remember, why should you? And how long should you feel bad? A week? A month? There is now. No condom. Now. Now. The end of, the end of living under a cloud of something of the past. Amen. Hallelujah. This is not just for good preaching. This is for living. This is for good living. And I'm telling you, the more you become skillful and hold to these truths and become skillful with who you are in Christ, you stop being pushed around by everything that tries to hold you back and point to your failure. 
We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.